real quick, Scott's bummed about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal, Mount Rushmore. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Fantasy Baseball. Today it is June 5th, and even though it's June 5th, Heath, Chris, I'd like to uh, wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Thank you. You're confused. You look confused. Well, we are bit. confused. It doesn't have anything to do with what you said. Um, the studio here, they've repainted one of the walls, apparently about three minutes before we walked into the <laughs> podcast room, which is, I don't know, Chris, is this about the size of a typical jail cell? Oh, I think it's much more luxurious. Much more luxurious. Um, so we've got fumes. Okay. And an enclosed room. Well, this will be a We're fun gonna show. We're going to be confused a lot. This will be a fun show then. Uh, Merry Christmas because we only had five games yesterday. And that just felt like Christmas in June. That was very much appreciated. Thank you, schedule makers. And that means that we can talk about a lot of stuff. For example, we can start off with a trivia question. Who is the number one catcher in points leagues? Who is the number one catcher in Roto right now, guys? Gary Sanchez is number one in points. Correct. Yes. But he's not number one in Rota. Osmani Grandal is number one in Rota. Are you cheating? No. Well, I'm just really smart. Those paint fumes are working out pretty well. Yes. Osmani Grandal is number one. And Gary Sanchez is only hitting 201. He's batting 201. He's got a 202 Babip. He sucks. Are you worried? You know, the Yankees drafted his uh, replacement yesterday. They did. They did draft a catcher. A switch hitting catcher. Are we going to do draft coverage today? I guess. Question mark. No. <laughs> uh, can, can you give me a quick uh, piece of analysis on Gary Sanchez, who is no longer number one in, in Roto at catcher? He's extremely good. I told you he wasn't going to be number one in one of those. I just thought it was going to be points. Have you moved him ahead of Posey yet? Uh, no, I checked last week, and Posey had made up ten points since the last time I checked. So I'm just waiting for him to extend that lead. <laughs> Okay. All right. So we. We're I told not... you. I, ch- I check it once a week. I say, ah, ah. well, it's silly. I mean, come on. Sanchez is so much better than Posey, but um, he's, is he just a Babbitt victim right now? Is that the only problem with yes. Gary Sanchez? All right. Yeah. I mean, his infield fly ball rate is high, so I, I guess you could point to that as a reason why his Babbitt would be low. But even then. You're talking maybe it should be a 260 BABIP instead of a 200 BABIP, and he's still got a ton of regression coming. I just I don't see any reason to be worried about Gary Sanchez at all. Cool. Good stuff. Uh, Yo, we got a Triple Crown possibility coming up, all right? Horse racing enthusiasts out there or just people who like those three big races every year. I told you a few weeks ago to go to Sportsline.com and follow the advice of Jody Demling for the Kentucky Derby. He had won, like, he had picked the winner like eight or nine, like nine or ten times in a row. And he did not get the Kentucky Derby right. But you know what? Jody Demling bounced back, and he got the preakness right. He had Justify winning. He hit his exacta, his trifecta, and his superfecta picks. Jody Demling is really good at what he does. Um, last year he did really well on the Belmont. So Chris and I are going to give you some competing offer codes on Sportsline.com. Uh, now, for specifically, you know, it actually doesn't have to be for horse racing, NBA Finals, NHA Finals, all this stuff. It's all going on right now. Go to sportsline.com slash join. Sportsline.com slash join. And here's one offer code. It is uh, supreme. Supreme is the offer code because the Supreme Court has made sports gambling legal or at least allowed the states to make it legal. The promo code is supreme. What does that do? It gives you half off an annual subscription. It's usually $99.99. We're giving it to you for $49.99 for a year of Sportsline, and you can renew at that reduced rate every year forever. Incredible deal. Much better than the code that Chris is going to give out. So that code is supreme. Mic drop, Chris. Supreme is the code. I don't like to think that we're competing. I think we're all on the same team here. But what I do want to say is that uh as part of our kind of expanding coverage, we're trying to do a little bit more, especially starting this football season. And so some of that's going to go on Sportsline. It's not going to replace what we've done before. It's going to be an enhancement of our coverage. And one thing that we've done is we've posted early access to our fantasy football draft guide magazine uh, with stuff by Heath Cummings, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg. You might have heard of them. 
If you want to check out their early stuff, it's early access. The code is breakout. You get your first month for a dollar to try it out. I think that's a pretty good deal. It is. Can I get my code now? <laughs> what is it? Paint fumes? DFS podcast. Oh yeah. If you like listening to this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So either use either you what was it, Chris? Breakout? Breakout. Code if you want a short term commitment, breakout for a dollar for your first month. You want a long term commitment, use the code Supreme forty nine ninety nine for a year and you can reduce you can uh, renew at that reduce rate every year. Let's get the drop o meter out. Drop o meter on Zach Godley. Oh wait, let me preview what's coming up on today's show. Uh we've got a little bit of review of sleepers, breakouts, and busts. A little bit of review of our draft strategies. We are going to be fantasy regulators toward the end of the show. We will regulate your league disputes. And guys, um, I'm not totally thrilled with the, uh, with the grade the trade song today, but it's teacher, it's teacher themed. We're grading trades today. You have it yet? The song is really grading on me. Welcome back. This is all about teachers. All right, we're going to do some great the trade today. All right, here we go. Drop-o-meter. Zach Godley, 93% owned, 512 ERA, 33 walks and 62 innings. Another dud yesterday, and my goodness, he's going to be in my lineup for the start at Colorado this weekend. Zach Godley, drop-o-meter, 0 to 10. 0 is no way. Jose, and 10 is, oh, yes, uh, Bess. 4. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Four, Tupac Shakur. <laughs> Excellent work. Um, I, I still think there's a lot of upside there. I, you can't start him right now. Yeah, like I, I, basically the point I'm at with him is I don't want to drop him, but I probably would for, and this might be a little outdated, but like Joe Musgrove. I think I'd probably at this point rather have Joe Musgrove than Zach Godley. I think Zach Godley has more upside. But I don't think it's considerably more than what we've seen from Joe Musgrove so far. And a, a lot of his numbers look a lot more like pre-2017 yeah. than 2017. I mean, it, it's nothing – the track record this year isn't long enough, and the track record before last year isn't long enough to, to say this definitively, but it kind of looks like 2017 was the aberration. Julio Tehran is 91% owned. He gave up four runs on five hits in four innings with three homers allowed at San Diego. He hurt his finger – in the third inning during an at-bat, but he had already given up two runs prior to that point. Uh, Julio Tehran on the drop-o-meter, 0-10. It's 10. Ben. Should have been pretty close to 10 before this start. He's not good. He had some very fortunate performances, but he now has a 5-8-2 FIP. 5-6-2. 5-1-2 Like, there's, he's not, he's just not good. You don't need to have him on your roster at all. Yeah. He doesn't help you with whip. He doesn't help you with strikeouts. Yeah. Julio Tehran, 91% owned. It's time to time to move on. All right, Monday standouts, guys. We're not going to talk too much about yesterday, only five games, but there is there is some stuff to talk about. Chris, Heath, one of you want to give me a, a standout? You know, I actually did attempt to prepare for this mm-hmm. because I knew you were going to ask it today because it's Tuesday, and Tuesday is when we do Monday standouts. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um. There was very little, it felt like, of real significance that happened last well, night. Just take the guys in the notes that I gave you. The Azer standouts. No, I, I don't ever feel, do that. I always feel a little guilty when I do that. That's okay. Well, They're there to help you. I'm, we're, all, we're all on a team here. Right? Yeah. Um, I guess if there was one thing that I, I guess stood out a little bit, it was another good performance from Trevor Cahill. Not Cahill. I was like, what? He didn't pitch yesterday. Clayton Richard. Clayton I think Clayton Richard and Trevor Cahill mixed up. Clayton Richard did have another good performance, and uh, this is, you know, not a pitcher who's been very good for fantasy in his career. He's a ground ball pitcher. His whip is always super high, but he's going really deep into games. Yep. He has gone uh, seven or more innings in five of his last six starts. During that stretch, Clayton Richard has a 3.32 ERA, and it looks like the ground ball rate's going down a little bit, and the strikeouts may be up a little bit, but not not to, like, a really good point. But yeah, I don't want to have Clayton Richard, but I'd rather start Clayton Richard at home than Julio Tehran anywhere. Okay, and, and Richard has a 3.86 ERA and eight home starts this year. He's been bad on the road. Okay, uh, Chris, anyone for you? Well, how about 
we we've touched on it a little bit and it's not like a less known player it's a very highly owned player but is Luis Severino where do you have him ranked Heath? 7 8 yeah i don't i he might be and we've we've talked about it a little bit he might be in the big 4 or however how, however big the big blank is is there any reason he shouldn't be included in it? No, not really. Not like after what he did. Like the one difference, I guess I might say, and I don't know what his innings pace is for this year, mm-hmm. but Scherzer, Kluber, Sale, you're expecting those guys to give you 220 innings. Well, here here's an interesting one. Over the last 365 days, he has made the same number of starts as Corey Kluber uh, and Chris Sale. Uh, Corey Kluber has... 245 innings. He's averaging about seven innings per start. He's been ridiculous. Severino has more innings than Chris Sale. Severino's on he pace has, for 248 and two-thirds innings. If he does, like, that's, that's the not question. Gonna happen. He's not going to get to 248. <laughs> right. I mean, he threw 193 last year. If you told me we were going to get 225 this year, I just, I do have a little bit of concern, especially because he threw a lot in the playoffs too, right? He didn't throw, you know, his first start was, to, yeah, yeah, he did. I, I, that was actually a big concern of mine with Severino. He looked like um, he looked like a candidate for the the, uh, the setback after the big innings jump, and that's and it's not happening. I'm well, moving him to sixth in terms of skills. I don't think that's happening. It, maybe he breaks down, but maybe any pitcher breaks down. You know, like he he's he has shown I, he hasn't had an injury yet, right? Mm, no, not in the majors. Like the the year that he didn't pitch much was because he was back and forth between really I, like I look at it and I like his strikeout rate is almost exactly the same as Corey Kluber's his walk rate is almost exactly the same he's every bit as good as those guys I think at this point I think he might question, be better than Chris Sale the question is do you put Severino ahead of Verlander or or well that's the problem is Verlander or, uh, and Cole Garrett might have Cole. jumped him right. this year uh, but I think it might just be that instead of a big four. We have a big seven. Or a big two and then a big five. A big two and then a slightly. Yes. Scherzer, Kluber, and then, and then a group after that. Okay. Um, I'm going to nominate Fran Mill Reyes as a Monday standout. He is 26% owned. He started out two for 17 with no walks and six strikeouts in his first six games. Over his last 11 games, Reyes is batting 289 with five home runs, four walks and 15 strikeouts. And a 1041 OPS. Uh, Framo Reyes, is he under-owned at 26%? Maybe a little bit. Um, how many, I guess my, my big question there would be how many days off has he had in that span? I don't think very don't many. Know the answer. Because Cordero is on the DL, Manuel Margot and Jankowski appear to be rotating. It seems he like- He has played 11, he has started and finished 11 of, or started at least, 11 of the last 13 games, so. I think he's a little under-owned. My question is, and maybe some of this is just from the cold start, but the fact that he has a 236 average with a 35% strikeout rate and a 45% home run to fly ball rate, like, if he had three home runs right now and he was hitting 225, we wouldn't be saying anything, and that's probably more realistic. Okay. All right, Framo Reyes. So, uh, let's see, Framo Reyes or Dustin Fowler? All Fowler. Fowler. Really? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for the stolen bases. I don't really, tr- I don't really trust any of the Padres outfielders. Yeah, we're still waiting to get Will Myers back. It'll happen eventually, we think. Uh, okay, how about Blake Parker? Thirty-nine percent owned. Got the save. That's good. He's going to lead the Angels in saves from this point forward, I believe. I don't think that means he's going to get every Angel save. Alrighty. That's, uh, that's the standouts. We do have some other players to talk about, um, and we will get to that in a little bit. I get hungry just talking about our next sponsor, and I really cannot wait to devour a bunch of steaks and burgers and hot dogs and fries this Father's Day. In fact, guys, I'm not even sure I can wait until Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com right now and type in FBT in the search bar. So wait until you see what you're going to get. All for just $49.99. You are saving 78% with that offer code. 
OmahaSteaks.com, and it's not exactly an offer code. You just type in FBT in the search bar. It's a great Father's Day gift. Um, anyone who wants to grill at any time, this offer is incredible. I really cannot wait for the fillets. Uh, definitely my favorite cut of steak. What's your favorite cut of steak, guys? Casey's uh, trip. A good ribeye. All right. Well, I'll take the fillets um, and medium rare, please. So here's what you get for forty nine ninety nine on OmahaSteaks.com with the code FBT. Two fillets. Two top sirloins, four chicken fried steaks. Just, just listen to all this food. Two boneless pork chops, four all beef Omaha steak burgers, four jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all beef meatballs, one pound of steakhouse fries, four caramel apple tartlets, and a seasoning packet, and four more grill ready Omaha steaks burgers free. Okay, they throw, they throw the four more burgers in there, so, it's a bunch of steak, it's burgers, it's hot dogs, it's fries, it's seasoning, all for forty nine ninety nine. How do you get it? You go to omahasteaks.com, you type in FBT in the search bar. omahasteaks.com, FBT in the search bar. You'll see that offer come up 78% off. That is delicious food, and you are welcome. All right, news and notes. Roberto Ozuna's leave has been extended through June 11th. Uh, it's just going to keep getting extended. and then Yeah, isn't his court date in like late June? Yeah, mid to late June. Yeah, I don't. Yes, I think you're right. Uh, we, I think we've more or less moved on from Ozuna at this point, right? Yeah. I don't, yeah, I didn't hold on to him anywhere. I don't really expect him to pitch again this year, but he might. The Dodgers are calling up yet another talented young pitcher, Caleb Ferguson, which reminds me of the cat in New Girl. But what do you guys think of Caleb Ferguson? Nice minor league numbers. Is he being called up to start? Yes, I believe he's starting tomorrow. Okay. It's so hard to know uh, if any of these guys are going to get a chance to stick in the rotation. Like, Dennis Santana is still pitching uh, in an upcoming game, right? I think so. And so it's, like, I think he's really interesting. Caleb Ferguson's numbers look pretty interesting. He's had a great start to his double A slash triple A season. But I, I don't know if, any of them are going to get more than a look. This is one of those things. I'm not picking him up preemptively. If he goes out and throws six shutout innings, then I'm going to be putting in a waiver claim. Okay. But yeah, I, yeah. sorry. I mean, he's got eight innings above double A. He's got 47 innings above high A. He's 21 years old. He probably is not somebody that's going to come up, stick in the rotation, and be there the rest of the year. All right. That's Caleb Ferguson for the Dodgers. Aaron Judd struck out eight times yesterday in a doubleheader. He is currently the number six outfielder in fantasy in both points and roto, batting 276, 16 home runs, 44 walks, 83 strikeouts in 57 games. More doubles also- this year. Yeah. This is, you know, he struck out. This is, we're basically getting what, you know, Aaron Judge, right? Not a bunch of surprise. Yeah. I mean, he's not as good as he was last year, and that shouldn't be a surprise, but he's really good. Yeah. All right. Christian Villanueva sat with a sore ankle. Anthony Banda is going to have Tommy John surgery, raised pitcher. Luis Gohara pitched in relief yesterday, and it did not go well. And uh, they said he was just rusty. Six runs in two-thirds of an inning. Uh, Minnesota starting pitcher Zach Littell. I don't know how to pronounce that. I apologize. L-I-T-T-E-L-L will make his MLB debut today. What do we think about Zach Littell or Little? And that's part of a doubleheader, right? He's just on the taxi squad? Yes. Um, minor league numbers, another looks interesting. I, I can't say I've read a ton of scouting reports on him, but you know, we'll, we'll see what he does in his debut. We'll see how he looks. We'll see how the stuff looks and, you know, reassess after his, uh, debut. But I would guess he gets sent down. Right not, after. not a huge, he's a number 20 prospect for the twins coming into this year, an 11th round pick. Um, I, I don't think this is a long term thing at all. And Matt Davidson is back so to matt davidson we say uh we say Welcome back. damn it i am so bad at this is that come back he, he did come back why do you want him to come back baby come back oh man who sings that song chris i don't know i don't either any kind of fool could see how do i not know that all right we'll, we'll look it up you guys have anything to say about the mlb draft it was awesome. Royals got five pitchers last night, all college pitchers. 
two of them, the number one and number two from the best baseball school in the state of Florida. It was uh, it was FIU? a good night. So I'm going to give you three choices for who sings that song, Baby Come Back. Uh, is it No Mercy, Hall & Oates, or Cinderella? Hall & Oates. It's definitely not Hall & Oates. Uh, so I'm going to say no mercy. It is no mercy. I've never heard of them before. All right, let's review some sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Heath actually wrote uh, a story about his breakouts. It was such a well-written story, I figured it was by Chris, but it was actually a Heath story. And um, how how are the sleepers and breakouts looking so far, Heath? You only did it about breakouts. breakouts yeah, I fine. only wrote this about breakouts. Uh, you don't remember the sleepers? Okay, fine. How are the breakouts looking so far? Um, what I wrote about were the guys that hadn't broken out quite yet and whether I still thought felt good about their possibility of doing so. Um, I think we talked about Alex Bregman the day the article came out. Joey Gallo is another one who we've seen over the last week and a half. I think his BABIP has really jumped up. He's finally getting that regression we were looking for. He was over like over 210 for a couple days in terms of batting average. I still still feel pretty good about him. The guys that I'm obviously more worried about, Ian Happ and Byron Buxton, I don't really want to drop either one of them. I've been forced to, definitely in a standard points league. Uh, in a roto league, I'm probably holding for a little bit longer. This, like Everybody, when you talk about dropping Byron Buxton, the first thing is, yeah, you're going to feel sick when he does what he does in the second half. And that's not guaranteed. Like Just because half of his career or more than half of his career has been as an awful baseball player and at the end of two years, he's been really good. I don't like the odds of him just doing that again magically. Yeah, Buck, so Bucks and I had to drop Hap in a fourteen-team league yesterday. I didn't want to, but I can't keep starting him. You know, and I had I had to start. I have to start Ben Zobrist over Ian Hap. It's just it's a points league. It just makes sense because of the walk to strikeout ratio. Um, Gallo, yeah, I don't though, think in a points league you can hold on to Hap at all. We're still holding him in our sixteen-team categories league. So Gallo. It, you feel good about Gallo right now? I think at third base he's like 13th in points, 11th in Roto. That's, yeah. Like, that is slightly behind where he was being drafted. Or yeah. ahead of where he was being drafted. So, yeah. I the thing that makes me feel good is he's a borderline starting option at both of those positions so far. And he has not been as good as he can be. I guess that's the question. Is that true? That he hasn't been as good as, yeah, it's probably true. I mean, he slugged 537 last year. He's slugging 460 this year. Yeah, and I think part of the problem is he's still hitting the ball really hard. The batted ball data is all very promising, both on, you know, Stackhast and his, you know, 44.6% hard contact rate. He's striking out a little bit less than last season. He's making a little more contact overall. And his batted ball profile in terms of where he's hitting the ball should be more conducive to getting hits on balls in play because he's not quite as shiftable. He's hitting more balls the other way. He's a little less predictable. And yet his BABIP is exactly where it was last year, and his ISO has dropped 70 points. So it's tough. I I still think the approach is better than it was last year and will pay dividends moving forward. And then I've got my That's Gallo, uh, big by the way. I just want to... I want to give the names. That's Joey yeah, Gallo. Go ahead. I've got my big name sleepers, and it's an interesting list. I think Michael Brantley worked out okay. Oh, yeah. Um, Matt Carpenter continued to sleep for the first month and a half of the season, but we feel good about him right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, pretty good. Um, Taiwan Walker, things didn't go great for, or Hanley Ramirez, or Matt Harvey. <laughs> um, Evan Longoria is an interesting one. Yes, no, no, Mr. No walk Longoria. He, he's, he's just he's fine. He's solid and product productive. He's not great. He's not terrible. Shallow and pedantic. He's uh, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I there was a guy I wanted to talk about from your breakouts list though, Alex Bregman. So he got off to his predictable slow start and turned it around. But I I still don't know that we have a great fantasy player here. You know, is he a standout, Alex Bregman, or is he just sort of like having a mild breakout? He had a, he had a nice May. He batted two sixty five, three eighty on base, four eighty slugging percentage for the year. Bregman has more two more walks and strikeouts, which is very encouraging, but only six home runs and six steals. Uh, what what do you think? Is this is he a true breakout, or, or is he still kind of underwhelming a little bit, Alex Bregman? If you had told me before the season that Alex Bregman was going to walk more than he struck out. 
increase his hard hit rate to 37% after being kind of pedestrian the two years before and increase his line drive rate to 24%, I would have been much more excited about Alex Bregman. And yet so far he kind of looks like the same guy. Yeah, the results do, but I think he has probably 30 points worth of Babbitt progression coming. And Chris mentioned the hard contact. He's got the highest hard contact rate of his career and the lowest home run to fly ball rate of his career. So I, I still think the breakout is happening this year. I don't think you can say he's broken out, but I do still believe it's happening. It just, the lack of counting stats is disappointing because right. this was someone that we expected, uh, you know, after he moved into the number two spot last year, his RBI and run numbers were crazy. He was over a 200 RBI plus runs pace, and he has not done that this season. And the Astros' offense overall has been slightly disappointing. I think. Um, I agree. At the bottom and, of the order, stinks. And so, and like they're they're probably like a top seven offense in baseball, I would assume. But we expected it to be maybe the best offense in baseball, if not, you know, top three. And so. The counting stats, the home runs, the RBI, the stolen bases are also a little low, but he's he's a good week from being back on the pace that we expected him to be, and you know there aren't many guys who can go twenty twenty and hit two eighty. So the Astros are actually third in scoring in runs. However, they are nineteen runs behind the Red Sox and the Yankees. They have played one more game than the Red Sox, and they have played four more games than the Yankees. So like they have a good offense. They don't quite measure up to the Yankees and Red Sox as of right now. So that's Alex Bregman we're talking about. Uh, I want to talk about three guys that I had high hopes for and have on a lot of my teams and possibly explain why I haven't really had that good of a year. But things might be turning around because here they come off the DL. So you know, you know how excited I was about Greg Bird. Uh, he was, he was my guy and I can't really complain about his injury. I knew he was injured when I drafted him, drafted him. But so far, you know, one walk, ten strikeouts, that's not good. But a lot of extra base hits so far in uh, seven games. Two home runs, two doubles, and a triple. He's uh, His ISO is, what, 245. That's really good. So Bird um, kind of doing what he did after he came back from the injury last year. Last year after coming back from, from the injury, 29 games, he batted 253 with a 575 slugging. Right now he's batting 241 with a 586 slugging. So I have high hopes for Greg Bird. I think he's, to me, he's still my breakout guy. What do you guys think? What, what does the good version of Greg Bird look like? Yeah, I, the, you know, I guess I'm a little like, concerned about the batting average, but, but, um, it's a, it's a guy who hits, who's on like a 30 homer pace and drives in runs and scores runs hitting in the middle of the Yankees order. I think it's, I think it's honestly like a top eight first baseman. I know that sounds a little high, but that's what I think. I just, I feel like there are 20 first basemen who could be a top eight first baseman if everything broke right, and like, Justin Bohr is 63% of I'd mu- I mean, it's not even close. I'd much Why? Because of the order. We've the, seen Justin Bohr be, but we've seen Justin Bohr be good in the majors. But because like of the Yankees and because of the ballpark. For a whole long period of time, not a week. Uh, well, okay. Greg Bird was good in the postseason. He was good last year. He was good in 2015 in 46 games as a rookie. And he's in a much better situation, a much better situation. Like he's got like a career eight twelve OPS. Yeah, but I really think that the beginning of last year, before he went on the DL with the with the ankle injury, he was so so bad, and he doesn't have that long of a career that it drove his numbers down a lot. Yeah, You'd rather I, have Justin Bohr than Greg Bird? I think Justin Bohr's a better hitter. And at some point, if you're just hoping that Greg Bird's going to start producing because he plays in a better lineup, like and a better park, and he is producing. I mean, he like he does produce. You know, yeah, to a career low 800s OPS, but it's with eight, a bunch it's of strikeouts. Eight, it's 899 like, this year, and it was uh, his. Uh, what was it? Last it's 899 year? this week. Oh, it's 899. Yes, okay, but it's similar to what he did after coming off the DL last year when it was his. His OPS was I just around I feel 900. like this is way too much time spent talking about a a jag at first. Base. I don't think he's a jag. He's a that's why I, okay, look, that's why I think Greg Bird's a breakout. You know, you don't have to agree. I guess you don't agree. Um I I, just, I, it's possible, but there's a ton of those guys at first base. There really isn't though. I mean, first there base There are. Has not it been hasn't good been a good this position year. this year, but Greg Bird hasn't been good this year. So like if we're going to like pump him up 
Yonder Alonso is capable of doing what Greg Bird is capable of doing. See, too. not not in my opinion, but I guess that's just why I'm the high guy. I think Greg that Bird. they are both capable of doing that. I think Justin Smoke is capable of doing that. I think Logan Morrison is capable of doing that. I think Yuli Gurriel is capable of being just as productive. I will in give ways. Adam a a little bit of a point just because Greg Bird's younger. And not just that. I mean, the Yankees, like Brian Cashman said, this was the best prospect in their system. This was the best prospect in their system. That was when Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge were in their system. So, And then he got, like, hit by 12 buses. I know, but he's back. Just stay healthy. All right, I also uh, had a lot of high hopes for Miguel Cabrera. and I think that's worked. Yeah, to a degree. Uh... I mean, I, I'm kind of – I don't think he's going to hit 30. I don't think he's going to be on a 30-homer pace. I, I kind of – have no, given, given no, but like he's been good. Batting average the, is good. What have you have you got to use him four weeks this year? Right, that's the problem. Where, where are you guys on Miguel Cabrera? Because look, I watched him. He hit two doubles yesterday. He he's like Albert Pujols. He can't run. <laughs> he doesn't even try to run. Well, he shouldn't try to run because if he tries to run, he's going to tweak something and then he's going to sit out. But unlike Albert Pujols, he can still hit the ball well. Oh yeah, yeah, but not a lot of power. I mean. 16 walks, 22 strikeouts, 315 batting average. He does have 11 doubles, but only three home runs this year. Uh, so, what is he? Have, I, I don't have him in my top 12 first baseman. I'm really worried about how many games he's going to play this year. Are you worried about his performance or just his health, Miguel Cabrera? I don't. I think he's going to have a good batting average. Yeah. I don't know much else. I have a hard time figuring that whole Tigers lineup out, really. Because I think Jamer Candelario is a good baseball player, but I don't know that he's somebody that really makes a lineup good. Like you don't, he's not a building block. Sure. And you get Castellanos, who's who's good, but then who else is in the lineup? Yeah, Miggy. Okay, uh, and the last guy I'm excited about is Adam Eaton. So yeah, this is my time to shine, guys. Gotten all three back. Eaton could be back on June 8th. That's three days from now. He was off to a great start. He's batting 345 with two homers, three doubles, three walks, two strikeouts in eight games. I wonder where he bats in the order. Uh, I wonder I wonder what to expect from Adam Eaton. What do you guys think? I bet he's bound in the bottom third, or six or seven. Where does he play center field when he comes back? Uh, like, he's probably not going to play every day. Why not? I think that's probably true, too, with his – Injury history over the last two years and their current options, and they are a team that's going to be in the postseason. I would, I might put a five game per week expectation on them. Yeah, like I, I'd be very surprised if they sent Juan Soto down at this point. Um, Wouldn't he be the third outfielder? Who am I missing? Harper, Soto, and Eaton. Well, it, it's a question of whether they believe Eaton can play center field every day anymore. Um, Given the injuries, I think that's a, a a real question. I'm I would just say he's probably best served playing five times a week. I would guess Juan Soto plays most every day, and then Michael Taylor probably caddies for for Eaton. Okay. All right. So, what else we got here? Well, we got a lot. We got a lot. We got the Seek Geek app. It's time to go to some baseball games. Everybody, get yourself to the game with the SeatGeek app, or a concert, or a comedy, or a theater. Make SeatGeek your go-to app. Couple promo codes, not exactly competing promo codes like what we have with Sportsline, but here's what you do on, on SeatGeek. If you never use SeatGeek, if you never made a purchase, use the promo code FANTASY. That'll get you 20 bucks off your first purchase, FANTASY. If you have used that code and you want to save 10 bucks on baseball tickets, use the code TODAY. And I use SeatGeek almost every time I go to a game or, or a concert or anything now. Uh, because it saves me time and money. It is so easy. Just a few taps and you're wherever you want to be, uh, whichever type of event you're going to. I love that every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I had to use customer service one time. Very, very helpful. Uh, very, just, just everything is really simple with SeatGeek. You're going to get the most bang for your buck because SeatGeek goes out and saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites. It's all about bringing in the most results and being able to sort through it and get the seats that, that fit your budget. So again, use the code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase, and use the code TODAY for 10 bucks off MLB tickets. You may not need it now, but next time you need to go to an event, download that SeatGeek app and use our codes FANTASY or TODAY. Well, should we focus more on yesterday, or should we... Yeah, you know what? Let's do the draft strategies. Let's talk about our draft strategies. 
what has worked and what has not worked for you guys? Take it away. I generally think this has been a very good year for not taking starting pitchers early. And that's not because the starting pitchers who went early have been bad. I think they've been pretty good. I think what has worked for you, and we've talked about it, it's been a theme this year on the podcast. It's been a year of the young starting pitchers just figuring it out, doing what we'd hoped. Yes. And your strategy was largely to not take starting pitchers early and then every starting pitcher you took was a up, an upside guy with almost no floor and an enormous ceiling. And a lot of those guys have hit their ceiling. And it's it hasn't worked out across the board, but the, I, I just think, you know, the the top flight pitchers, you look at the top 15, and it's about as hit or miss as it usually is. Like, Syndergaard's on the DL right now, but he'll be fine. Clayton Kershaw, that's, I think at this point, you can say pretty safely he's a bust. I, I looked at the top twenty-four. I looked at the top twenty-four starting pitchers and hitters, and while there are some surprises in both lists, it's there are many more. Like here are some of the top twenty-four starting pitchers: Charlie Morton, Rick Porcello, Patrick Corbin, Michael Waka, Miles Michaelis, Trevor Bauer, Gio Gonzalez, Daniel Mengden, Jay Happ, Jose Barrios, Lance McCullers, Mike Fultonevich. There are some of those. You know, I mean, Javi Baez right now, Eddie Rosario, Angelton Simmons in points leagues. But it's not nearly as many hitters as pitchers. So, I mean, just to back up what you're saying, full disclosure, this has not been a very good year for me. Um, I'm honestly hoping that things are going to get better now that Bird and Miguel Cabrera and Adam Eaton are coming back. Those are three pretty important players for me. But I did prioritize pitching more than you guys. I don't think I went, like, crazy on pitching. I looked at some of my draft results this morning, and it was like, take three pitchers with my first six picks. And um, really, it hasn't been so much that the pitchers haven't done well. It's that my, my hitting isn't as good. And, yeah, like I I don't have as many of those late-round uh, breakout pitchers. It just surprised me. I think that's been sort of the theme. I'm very surprised at how well a, a lot of these waiver wire and late-round pick pitchers have done, especially since offense is up. It doesn't even make sense to me. Well, I think – a possibility for this is that offense is up in terms of scoring, but there is just a lot of variance in among hitters because of the strikeout rates and because of the home runs that you're going to see a lot of all or nothing guys. You're going to see, you know, maybe scoring is up, but it's, you know, two innings in a game where a team hits two, three run home runs and the rest of the lineup doesn't really do anything. And so that could possibly be an answer for it. Um, and it, it's also like it's all of this looks the way it does on June 5th. Sure. And five guys could need Tommy John surgery in the next month. And all of a sudden we're talking about how starting pitcher is terrible again. Yeah. I, I don't know if I regret my, my draft strategy. I mean, it's easy to say that the results haven't been great, but I don't know that I, Made a mistake. I just uh, I'm surprised at what's what's developed. Zach Godley's crushed me <laughs> in like three leagues. Masahiro Tanaka has crushed me. Yeah, and but you've been probably been able to recover better than I have. Heath, um, how about you? How's how are your draft strategies looking right now? You know, it's been a pretty good year so far. Uh, one team where I took a unique strategy that might be a fun one to talk about because it was an auction strategy. We don't talk about that a lot. Um, the team where I just went and got all the ace pitchers. I don't. Th- you were you were not a part of that it's league, Adam. League? I, I think we talked about it. Yeah, it's points league, right? And one of them was Kershaw. I went and got Kershaw, Scherzer, Kluber, and I think Sale as well. Wow. John Lester is my fifth starter. Oh. Uh, no, Verlander was one of them. The thing with that team was, it, I think it, it worked out at the time exactly the way that I'd hoped. Because there was a lot of value left amongst hitters at the very end. Like what you find in fantasy football auctions a lot of times is there will be four or five good quarterbacks at the end of the auction that just go for a buck. And that happened in this auction as well. Adrian Beltre went really cheap. Matt Carpenter went for like a dollar. But those guys, I had a very old lineup full of guys that I felt were relatively safe. And Carpenter was awful for so long. Beltre's been hurt for so long. Miggy. I have him on that team as well. He's been hurt a lot. So it's kind of, it's been a mixed bag. The thing that I found is the pitching staff is Kershaw, Kluber, Verlander, Scherzer, John Lester, 
Sean Newcomb, Walker Bueller. So how are you doing? I am six and four. And there's about every other week or every third week, I have four of those pitchers that have two starts. And my hitters could score zero, and it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> I've had 400-point weeks. Like, whoever's playing me just doesn't have a chance that week. But the weeks where they're all one-star pitchers, I need something out of that hitting, and it's been kind of rough. I've also noticed that my outfielders have just been crap this year, and uh outfield's been a tough position, guys. Um, like, like, I really like my outfield in the in the podcast points league. I drafted Marcelo Zuna, Yoannis Cespedes, and Adam Eaton. And I don't know, like, outfield's just been kind of rough. Up top, it's it's pretty solid, but um, it's been an interesting position. The other thing in in roto, um, my relief pitcher strategy has been exhausting this year. Because I was starting with four or five, maybe even six relievers in a lot of my roto leagues. And a month into the season, three of them didn't have jobs anymore. Yeah. So, so I, I really like job security when I, there, I don't know that there's a correct answer on how to do it, but I get stressed. I honestly get like stressed out, um, with, uh, with all the closer ups and downs. So when we play in those roto leagues where everybody who gets saves is going to get drafted and then a guy like, Addison Reed is going to get drafted, like the speculative closers. And there's nothing on waivers, at least not immediately. I like drop security. Yeah, that's the most important thing for me. So I will spend a little bit on closer. But that's almost like – I don't even know if that's a good strategy, but it's peace of mind for me. It's almost like some people pay with steals because they're just – they don't want to have to stress about it throughout the draft. Um, So, yeah, I mean I I have a lot of like Sean Doolittle, and I thought Ken Giles had decent job security. And I guess he does. He does. Yeah, I've got – in our staff Roto League, which I think I'm in first place in still, Familia, Blake Trinan, Nate Jones, those are uh, those are my closers now. I actually don't regret paying up for a closer because with all the teams that are basically tanking, like you just – there are a lot of haves and have-nots in baseball now, and those bottom feeder closers are going to be almost worthless. And a lot of them are going to get traded, and a lot of them are going to lose their job. So I, I don't ever look at closer as, oh, okay, there are 30 baseball teams, there are 30 closers. I, I never look at it that way. Um, I, I value closers in those deeper formats more than most people, and I don't regret that. I, that's a draft strategy that I think has worked out for me. Chris, you haven't spoken in a while. It's been nice. Uh, yeah, closers have been an issue for me because I did not invest heavily in them, um, and I just haven't been uh, very good at picking the right ones on waivers. So, like, I had a lot of Brad Ziegler just because he was free at the end of drafts and I figured he might get some saves. He's been a disaster. He's been a big part of why my Roto teams have struggled. Um, but I still, I guess maybe I would have preferred investing a little more in, in saves earlier, but it was never going to be the big guys for me. It was always going to be the lower-end guys who I could get at a discount. And, you know, Hector Neris has had an up-and-down season, and Orotis Vizcaino has had an up-and-down season. So I'm not sure it would have gone much better for me if I had invested more just because I was never going to – I just don't feel comfortable investing, you know, a, a fifth-round pick in a closer or an eighth-round pick. Sure. Let's be honest. You can talk strategy all you want. Sometimes it's just – Good luck and bad luck. And I think the thing that gives me comfort is that the, the two leagues that I'm doing the best in are the leagues that I don't compete against either, you know, industry professionals or podcast listeners. And that always is sort of a gauge of how I think this podcast is doing. Um, cause, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I do well against people that aren't necessarily listening or, or industry insiders or whatever, then I feel like we're doing a good job. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Good so, job, Adam. Thank you. Not, not me. Yeah. We're doing a good job. Uh, All so, you, Adam. You know what you did a really good job of? What's that? Coming up with the fantasy regulators segment. You like fantasy regulators? Oh, it's it's one of the best segments we do. Well then, you know what? Let's do it. Let's let's regulate, and then we'll grade some trades. It's also team name Tuesday. Got a couple of fantasy regulations. This is from Chuck Nasty. Five year, twelve team, mixed ten category, roto, OBP league, blah blah blah, whatever. We have a very active group. 24-7, 365, group chat with Razzing all day, every day. That's very cool. 
We all listen to the podcast. Uh, okay, so this just got more interesting. Um, here's the issue. We have a few guys who do nothing at work but troll Twitter for breaking fantasy news. Those of us who work at high levels can't do so or be there to act on the breaking news, like Hanley getting DFA'd so we need to pick up Mitch Moreland. Um, the biggest Twitter office troll has won the league three years in a row. Is there a way to fix this to level the playing field? Fab. That, that would be the way to fix it. Now, I would also say you have a t- nine other owners in the league. You've been doing this for five years. If a majority of the league wants it to be this type of free agency system, then that's just the type of league it is. Yeah, and I had, we had that discussion in my home league this year. Um, because I'll do a lot of pickups during the show. And that's not necessarily something that a lot of people can do. But there's also the question of whether you can do your late last-minute pickups on Monday when you don't have open waivers. So it, it's it depends on what your league wants. Yeah. I would say get rid of Fab if you think it's a problem. But if the league wants to keep open free agency, then you kind of just have to go with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Fab. Fab is the best. If you want to turn it off on Monday morning before lineups lock, that is something I do in one of my leagues. I turn off it's waivers. A great advantage for the commissioner. You get to turn it off and then nope, add a bunch of players and then tell everybody it's turned I off. I never do it. It never happens. I always have my co-owner make the ad drops. Chris has wait. specifically pointed out to me a time that you did it. Yeah. No, he's wrong. It never happened. <laughs> Consider that issue regulated. <laughs> I don't think that's a part of the song. It's not. (laughs) This one's from Anonymous. Doesn't want the name to be read. There's a dispute in my league that needs some regulating. (laughs) One of the members of my league works nights, which has not been a problem until now. Monday night, he sent a message to the league saying he was in the market for some outfielders. He then proceeded to send out offers to everyone, most of which were Azer trades. I got an offer of Blake Snell for Giancarlo Stanton. Since he works nights, he sent these out while everyone else was asleep and was then asleep the next day when most of them got rejected. However, three people accepted trades, all of which were his starting pitchers for their outfielders. So he ended up giving away Cindergard, Barrios, and Bauer, and he got Blackman, Pham, and, Star- and Starling Marte. He woke up Tuesday. All right, so just to recap, this guy, he works nights. He sends out a whole bunch of offers, my starting pitcher for your outfielder. Three of them got accepted. He woke up Tuesday night and was furious because he had not – we had not given him a chance to rescind the other trade offers once the first one was accepted. Now his pitching staff is dom- is decimated. His argument is that the second and third trades to be processed were trades offered based on a different team at the time of the offer. I'm assuming no one would have agreed, but then Syndergaard was sent to blah, blah, blah. So what do you think? Do you understand what happened here? He, he gave up three pitchers. He only wanted one of the trades to be executed. He was asleep while the other two were executed. That's awesome. Let's... Regulated. Sounds like his outfield's really good now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would probably, if I was him, make a couple offers see if you can get a starting pitcher for one of your outfielders. <laughs> see if you can send Blackman for Syndergaard. This is a pretty interesting dilemma here. Cause I could see it happening, you know. A lot of times I will have multiple trade offers out. One gets accepted and then I have to rescind the other ones. Um, it, it, you know, it's interesting. I, he I made the do. trades. They were approved. They have been completed. Now, I'm not going to, as commissioner, stop him from trading one of those outfielders for a starting pitcher. Well, no. And if he wants to trade it for the exact same starting pitcher he just gave away and somebody's willing to do that, that's fine too. What if, but, what if both owners in the, in the subsequent trades want it reversed, are okay? Then with they it? should make a trade. Yeah, just make a trade, man. Okay. I think, you know what? We just regulated that. Thank you. Good stuff. Let's keep the music going here because it is time to uh am I playing two things at once? God, I'm so bad at this. It is time to grade the trade. I right, will do just a few here. Say it, say it. Welcome back. Oh, yeah, it's so comforting. Never seen that show, by the way. This is from Tommy. Dear Han. No idea what that is. Chewy. That's Welcome Back, Cotter. He's a teacher. Oh. Dear Han, Chewy, and Lando. That's Star Wars, Chris. Grade the trade. Give up. Goldschmidt. <laughs> what? What's so funny? What did I do? Why did you, why did you single, single me out? Because you didn't know Welcome Back Cotter. You didn't know Welcome Back Cotter, Chris. If either of us was going to know Star Wars, 
it's way more likely that I would know Star Wars than he. I thought about that as I said but it. But he was I, mocking you because you didn't know Welcome Back Cotter. You didn't know Welcome you Back Cotter You obviously don't either. know anything. You didn't know so Welcome Back obvious, Cotter either. Everyone knows no, Welcome didn't. Back Cotter. You were making a face. Heath, I need honesty yeah. here. Did you know Welcome Back Cotter? Of course. You know it. Come on. All right. <laughs> oh, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's grade this John trade. Travolta. Yes, John Travolta's in it. Uh, give up Goldschmidt. Kyle Hendricks and Fultonevich. Give up Goldschmidt, Kyle Hendricks, and Fultonevich. Pretty good package there. Get back Freddie Freeman and Carlos Martinez. A plus. Nailed it. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I would say A minus, but yeah, I like it. Your A plus, Heath, tells me that you are just not appreciative of, of Kyle Hendricks. And I think there's more risk with Carlos Martinez than then you're probably allowing for there. He is coming back from a lat injury. He is coming back from a lat injury. Tonight, I'm not so sure I wouldn't trade Freddie Freeman for those three. You mean you wouldn't trade all three of them? I wouldn't accept Freddie Freeman. Freeman just for those three. Okay, that was pretty confusing. Cardinals fan living in San Francisco says grade the trade. Um, give Jose Martinez and Jack Flaherty. Jose Martinez and Jack Flaherty. He's giving up two Cardinals. Get Kairos Davis. Yeah, I think that's that's not great. Um, what? Really? I'll say C. Why so bad? Because I like Flaherty. I like Flaherty, and I don't think the di- like there's a difference between Chris Davis and Jose Martinez. I think there's a pretty significant. I don't think the difference is as big as Jack Flaherty's value. Has Jose Martinez had a hit this like last fifteen weeks? Like, uh, I, I was looking it up yesterday. Since his six RBI game, I think he has like a seven thirty OPS. He's actually hitting like two eighty in that span. He's just had no power. Yeah, so he's got a lot mean, of it's a big, big upgrade it's to Kairos Davis. Uh, all right, grade the trade from Dave in Northwest Philly. Hey, William, Bernard, Teddy, and Robert. I mean, I feel like those are either presidents or characters in Guess Who. They're definitely not presidents uh, because there was no Bernard. <laughs> yeah. I think all the other. Oh, it's Westworld. Oh, okay. I've never watched that show. Me yeah, either. it's not that good. It's yeah, it doesn't look that good. I, like I know everybody loves it. Just, it looks like it's supposed to be good, but they can't figure out how to actually make it. Good. Feel, that's my yeah. that's my official review of Westworld based on the trailers. I think you nailed it. Um, from Dave from a town. Oh wait, sorry, I already read that. <laughs> okay, grade the trade. Dynasty League. Give up. He has good pitching depth. Give up. Robinson Cano, Sean Newcomb, Vince Velasquez in a dynasty league. Robinson Cano, Sean Newcomb, and Vince Velasquez get Jose Ramirez. A. B minus. Okay. You're giving up a not that valuable dynasty piece in Robinson Cano. That's true. And two pitchers. And two pitchers. For Jose like, they, they could be very good pitchers. They also could be replacement level pitchers. I think that's I think very it's, possible. It's and I think win. Jose Ramirez is a superstar. Slam dunk. All right, this is from Kirk in Gilroy, California. Give up Jack Flaherty. Get Josh Donaldson. A. Really? DC. Get it, AC? Yeah, right, I'll, I'll give it a C. I I am not near as confident in Josh Donaldson as Chris is. Okay. All right. Thank you for playing grade the trade. Let's. Man, I I can't believe I have only five games. I didn't get to all the stuff I wanted to get to today. Let's read a bunch of emails from Ross. Hey, let's try to do eight emails in four minutes. Eight emails in four minutes. Would you drop Julio Tehran for Caleb Smith or Vince Velasquez? Yes, for both. Yeah. Well, pick um, one. I think Velasquez. I'd probably go Velasquez. From Curtis, I have Brandon Belt. I also have Miguel Cabrera and Matt Olson. I need to drop one. Belt, Miggy, or Olson? Belt. Belt. All right, he says Olsen. Belt. Chris Belt's out for like three to four weeks, right? Three weeks, yeah. And Olson's finally getting the results. Uh, this is from David. Matt Chapman, how do you feel about him rest of the season? And for the next few years, Matt Chapman. High-end number two third baseman, decent corner infielder with power. From no name. Oh, Tom. From Tom from Tottawa, New Jersey? I don't know. Dear Nicholas, Toby, Andrew, and Tom. Uh, Spider-Mans. Oh, good job. Please rank these third basemen rest of season in a points league. Jamer, Jeff Donaldson, Vladimir Guerrero, Christian Villanueva. Follow-up email. 
meant to say Josh Donaldson need to get some sleep. So uh, Jamer, Jeff, uh, sorry, Jamer Candelario, Jeff Donaldson, Vladimir Guerrero, Christian Villanueva. Josh bit. Donaldson, Jamer Candelario, Vladimir Guerrero, Christian Villanueva, Jeff Donaldson. Jeff Donaldson last. Agreed. All right, Mark and KC. Is Tyler Glass now still a thing? And he also says, "Dear Philip, Elizabeth, and Beeman." Ooh, I have no idea. The Crown? Probably, yeah. I don't know. No, uh, he, in, a, in a deep, in a dynasty league, he is still a thing to hold on to. He still has some value as a possible good starting pitcher one day. I, I actually think he's valuable right now in a roto league to lower your whip and your ERA. He's been. He's been very good. He's had a couple of blowouts or blow ups, I guess. Uh, but he gave up six runs on May first. Since then, he has 17 strikeouts and 11 and 14 and two thirds innings with a .61 ERA. Yeah, I, I think he's been pretty good. Yeah, a lot of you know what though, the whip's probably pretty high because he's still walking guys. This is uh, Tower Glass now we're talking about. Uh, no, no, he's doing better with the walks too. Yeah, all right. So I, I think. Uh, I was considering picking him up in one of our roto leagues. I just didn't have a spot for him. John from Boston, rank these multi-eligible players. Marwin Gonzalez, Eduardo Nunez, Zach Cozart, Scott Kingery. Marwin, Nunez, Cozart, Kingery. Nunez, Cozart, Marwin, Kingery. I might go Kingery over Gonzalez, but yeah. Email from No Name. What's the periphery data about Joey Gallo? What's the periphery data say about Joey Gallo? Talked about a little earlier. Yeah. Uh, I I still believe in him. Yeah, he's hitting the ball really hard. Uh, I think the rest of the question was, should he trade Hosmer for Gallo? And in a category league where I was looking for power, I'd do it. Kyle from sure. Milwaukee's in a roto league, ten team roto league. Who are the two best pitchers in this group? Alex Wood, Sean Mania, Zach Godley, Dylan Bundy, Luke Weaver, Luis Castillo, Michael Fulmer. Kevin Gosman, Vince Velasquez. This is hard. Let's do this by process of elimination. We don't. Gosman's not one of the top two, right? Fulmer and Gosman are out. Fulmer's out. I, I think Benaya's out. I think Woods out. Okay. Uh, really? I'm worried, about, I, I'm worried about him holding up. Well, and but I you just, know, but here, not, okay. Sorry. You got all these guys on waivers. Maybe we don't really have to worry about that because obviously, if he if he gets hurt, you drop pick someone else. You pick up someone else. Is Bundy number one? I was leaning Bundy and Castillo. I think there's the most upside between the two of them. Uh, I think I would agree with that. I might go godly over Castillo. Wow. I, I couldn't pass up Alex Wood. As long as he's not pitching in cores like last week. Yeah, I think I just, we pretty much got that in four minutes. Good job, guys. So Bundy yeah. and Castillo is the answer, the official answer of the podcast. Team name Tuesday, Ace in the Coal. Sir. Newcomb, who dis? Like sure. Sean Newcomb. Yep. Whelan and D. Allen, like Zach Wheeler. Sure. Was that D. Allen? D. Allen, like D. L. Ah, okay. American. Good job, Chris. American Herrera story. Sure. Uh, this one's very specific for the owner of Glaber Torres, Ty Block, and Yuli Gurriel. Of course, everybody has them. Glaber Tooth, Ty Gurriel. Sure. Under my Keone Kella, Ella, Ella, K, K, K. Yep. My, yep, that's a good one. Yep. Uh, this apparently is a movie, The Constant Gardener. Yep. Yep. No. Maeda. Yep. No, no, it was. Yeah, it was a movie. Maeda in Taiwan. Maeda in Taiwan. I like it. Brawn-eyed Guriel. Sure. Uh-huh. In Yvonne down by Rivero. So yeah, you had a lot of enthusiasm on that one. Good. Well, I was doing the in a van down by the river. Of course, uh, as our emailer mentions, this name was ruined by Vasquez's name change. Yeah, he used to be Felipe Rivera. And then two that I have to sing. Domingo Herman has got it going on. Yep. And I'm not a hater. I just K a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I think that's going to do it. I will ask. Finish you, strong. Yep. <laughs> Take us out with one of those classic Animazer outros. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm going to ask you about some controversial pitching today. Ronaldo oh, Lopez, man. Fernando Romero. Ooh. I would start Romero. I would, I would start Romero. Ross Stripling at Joe Musgrove. 
Sort of both. Both. Nate Evaldi at Washington. I would not trust Nate Evaldi. Nope. CeCe Sabathia at Marco Estrada. No, no, no. Kyle Freeland at – oh, Anthony DiSclefani is pitching today. Anthony DiSclefani. He is a two-start pitcher this week. I am very interested to see what Anthony DiSclefani looks like. And what about Freeland or DiSclefani tonight? Uh, I think you could start Freeland tonight. Cobb at Jason Vargas. Uh, would prefer not to start either of them. Artie Lewicki at Stephen Wright. Would prefer <laughs> to start neither of them. What? Yeah, I know. Stop making things I up. I think we got an email or a tweet about Stephen Wright. I would not expect much. Uh, Junior Guerra uh, at Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber. No Guerra? I'm still not trusting it. Lucas Giolito and Zach Littell, I think, no. Zach Eflin, no. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, yeah. Um, you trust Sean Mania at Tampa Bay, at uh, Texas rather? Yes. At Texas, sure. James Paxson, Dallas Keiko, yes. Jose Urania at Carlos Martinez. I'll start Martinez. Yeah. How about Brad Keller at Andrew Heaney? No. I'll start Heaney. I'm gonna keep watching Keller. Would you start Jordan Lyles against the Braves? Sure. In San Diego? Yes. Yeah. Patrick Corbin at Madison Bumgarner. I will start both of them. Alright. We got DeSclefani, we got a rookie coming up, we got Stephen Wright, we got uh, Madison Bumgarner, lots to talk about tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. Welcome back. See you later.